Jesus, we ask that you would come today. We ask that there would be a spirit of wisdom. Would you say that with me, God? I ask that there would be a spirit of wisdom and revelation that we may know you better. Would you say that again, that we may know you better? Amen. Now, uh, in Romans chapter 1, we're not going to go there. I just want to quote it. Uh, If you do want to open your Bible, it'll be John 8. We'll be going to John 8 and uh, and also Mark 8. All right, so John 8 and Mark 8. And um, in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, um, Paul says this. He says, for I am not ashamed. If you know it, say it with me. For I am not ashamed of what? The gospel. And that's a capital G. It's a gospel. How many know that the message of Christ belongs to Christ? Are you all okay? It's not a trick question, right? The the message of the gospel belongs to Jesus Christ. It is not our gospel. Amen. We are stewards of his gospel. And Paul is saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation. For who? For everyone who believes. Maybe we should do the Bible study uh, memory verse thing, right? For It is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Does it say for everyone who behaves? It says for everyone who believes. And then it clarifies. It says first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. And then it says this, for in it, for in the Gospels, (laughs) This is so good. I I almost just forget this and just go here. But for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed. Where do we find the righteousness of God? In the gospel. What is the gospel? It is the good news. You know the word gospel is literally translated the good news. And what is the good news? Jesus, the Savior, a perfect spotless lamb came into this world and did what man could not do in all of its trying For thousands of years, Jesus, in one moment at the cross, at the atonement, he finished all of it. He took the punishment that we all deserve for all mankind at the cross. And that is really good news. Basically, he wiped out our debt before we even created the debt. Wiped it out. Our future debt, he wiped it out. Come on. And this is the good news. And this is where you find the righteousness of God. Now, righteousness is, is more um, connected to relationship than it is to how we act. If we act, if we try to act righteous, the Bible calls it filthy rags. But if we are in right relationship with Jesus, if we are close to God and we walk in intimacy with him and in, and in unity with him and we go on the walk. Remember, this whole thing is just about taking a walk with him. He just wants to go for a walk. Just wants to go for a walk. If we will walk with him, the more we walk with him, the more we act like him. And for, for some reason, uh, the church has, has messed up this last part too. And it says, the righteousness of God is revealed from works to works. Oh, wait, that doesn't say that, does it? It says the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith because the just, which the just means just as if you never sinned, the righteous, the just shall live by what? By faith. Now I want to ask you a question. How did you come to know Jesus? Was it because you said a prayer? 
Was it because you said, I'm going to lay all my sin at the altar and I'm just going to follow him now? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to follow him. Or it was because you believed he was who he said he was. You, how many remember that moment where you, you said your, your yes to him, like all capital, yes, right? How many remember what motivated you to that decision? It wasn't trying to be a better person. Now, I'm going somewhere specifically, all right? This may be a three-week thing or four-week thing. So I'm going to open a can of worms today. Are you ready? It wasn't because I was trying to be pleasing to him or I was trying to be better. It's because he told me who he was and I believed him. I mean, I think I'm going to have to come down there. That's it. That's it. It's over. He spoke his name to us, and we were like, you are that. Like the, when Moses said, I want to see your face. How many remember that in Exodus? Like he's like, God, I, I don't care. I don't want to live. I know that they say if, if, if we see your face, we die. Moses is like, I don't care. I would rather die and see you than live not seeing you. And so he said, let me see your face. And how many know what happened? God's like, well, that's not possible because if you see me and, and, and you see all of my glory, you will disintegrate. <laughs> you will die. And then he's like, but there is a place. I can hide you in the cleft of the rock, which is the, it's the beauty, the, the symbolism of Christ being the rock that we hide in, right? I will hide you in the rock and I will cover you because he's our covering and I will let what pass in front of you? All of my goodness. In other words, I will say who I am. I will tell you who I am. I will say my name to you. How many remember when, when, when Moses says, I, I don't want to go if you don't go with me, but who do I say sent me? He's like, here's my name. He said, I am. And that was enough. And so there's this thing that happens. It's the same thing that happens to every one of us. When we actually decide to follow Christ, it is not behavior modification. It's not trying to get to heaven or be a better person. It is literally because the deepest part of us, Psalms says deep calls to deep. The deepest part of God called to the deepest part of us and he said who he was. He confessed his name in our presence and our heart says, that's true. That is what brings salvation into our lives. And that is what keeps us on this pathway into following Christ. It is not trying to be a better husband, a better father, all the things that, yes, we should be better. We should be the best because we're copying and imitating him, right? But the thing that keeps us on this journey is every time he says who he, who he is to us, our heart says, yes, you are that. It's the yes and amen thing, right? And I really want to draw us back, especially going into the next year. I feel like I feel such a passion to get back to the power of the gospel. And I think we've just muddied it all up for some reason. And I feel like God is going to take us on a very unique journey starting even now. And he's been starting it, but I'm announcing it's a new day going forward. And all the other things that we do, we're going to get back to the simplicity of just believing who he says he is and following him and obeying him. And everything else is going to take care of itself. See, I, I, uh, I'm, I've been in church my whole life. And we preach the gospel 
from darkness to light. How many believe that, right? That when you, man, you say yes and you believe you are from the, you are saved out of the kingdom of darkness and you are instantly made a citizen of the kingdom of light. How many believe that? We believe that, right? Then we get into church. And I love the church that I will not speak ill of the bride. Because if someone talks bad about my wife, you know what's going to happen, right? We're going to talk bad about my wife. We're going to we have to set. I don't care how big you are. I'll take a beating, but I will defend my wife. That's how Jesus feels about the bride. So let's not talk bad about the church ever. I don't care if it's a church with a different name than what we have on our name. It's the bride. So just, this is not to talk bad about the bride. This is about freeing the bride. We are so bound up in ill-fitting clothes. And so I was having this, this, this has been going on in me for a few weeks. And um, so I ask you this question, do you believe from darkness to light or do you believe it's inch by inch, little by little, step by step, layer by layer, we become free? Or do you believe it's instant freedom? Instant deliverance, instant bondage broken. Because see, in the Bible, there are countless examples of people that didn't have a religious background coming to Christ and being bound with seven demons. Mary Magdalene, you remember her? She had seven demons. I think she had some issues probably. She probably could have said, I'm really broken. I was raised in a really bad home and I got, I got some really bad tools like if anyone had an excuse, she had seven of them. Yet when she came to Jesus and he told her who he was and she believed who he was, she was never the same. Not one more day was she the old Mary. She was completely new. There was no process that she had to go through. There was no inch by inch, layer by layer. She was becoming more and more free and more and more whole. No, she was whole the moment she believed him. How many of us as longtime Christians are in a process of dealing with layer upon layer of what we would call brokenness? And we're saying, well, I'm in this process, and right now, I mean, I've gotten free from these other layers, but I, I know I've got more to go, and someday, by God, I'll be free. That is not the gospel. That is not what Jesus gave his blood for. He didn't give his blood for us and create a whole new covenant for us to go back and create a whole new set of rules and layers that we have to build ourselves back through. Galatians 5 says it like this, Galatians 5 verse 1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And then it finishes and says, so do not allow yourself any longer to be bound by the yoke of slavery. And here's what we do in church. Because the gospel is so good, it's almost so good we can't believe it, that over time, we stop believing it. That it literally can. Like, I don't know what your struggle is today. You don't have to leave layer upon layer fighting that struggle anymore. I don't know what your addiction is today, but you don't have to leave with any kind of addiction. I don't know what your family makeup was. I don't, like, do I love counseling? Absolutely. Counseling is wonderful because it gives us tools, but it isn't the freedom process. The gospel is the freedom 
The counseling is now, how do I live as a free person? This is how I, I believe, and I'm all for the counseling and the churches bringing back the counselor. I mean, after all, the Holy Spirit is the counselor. We should have counseling in, involved, right? But counseling cannot make one free. I and mean, we could all, like Danny Silk to me is like one of the best counselors, religious counselors there would be. We could all have an hour a day with Danny Silk and he could never make us free. He could tell us tools and they're great tools. He could walk us through layer upon layer of our family history and how we did things growing up. And you know what would happen? We would go to him for 40 years and we would be the same. But the gospel can set us free in a moment. Then we can go to a Danny Silk and be like, okay, I'm a new creation. Danny, how do I live as a new creation? And then now all of a sudden there's power in what he tells us and gives us. Is this making sense? I don't want to go on any longer as Fire Life Church. I mean, her name is Fire Life. There should be some fireworks involved in this church. There should be some people walking in during the week and leaving like instantly free and they, they didn't even see it coming. It should happen. It should be part of our daily life. But it won't be if we don't believe that it's real. And it won't be if we don't believe that it's available. And it won't be if we don't give our lives for it. I'm not giving my life for us to sit here in next December, be like, well, I peeled through another layer. I'm a little more free. I had six friends last year. Now I have eight friends. Yay. Like, that's, that's not better. It's not better. And I'm being funny because it's, when it hurts, we should laugh. It helps it not hurt so bad. For I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of this. It is the gospel. It is the power. Everyone say power. For salvation. Now the word salvation is salvation. It means to be saved, to be healed, and delivered. All of it. That's what the word atonement that I was talking about a minute ago, that Jesus spilled his blood for the atonement at one minute, where we're back at one with God. The garden experience becomes available to us. Now, I'm not going to tell you that it's not, it's not going to take effort and discipline on our part once we're new to walk as a new creation, because it does. That's why we need the Holy Spirit, because if we could have done this without him, then he wouldn't have ever come. John chapter 8, verse 31 through 44. And Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him. Now, they believed in Jesus, right? They heard him say who he was, and they were like, yeah, that guy is the Messiah. All those others that said they were, they weren't. He is. And because of that, they believed in him, and they followed him. And then he said to them, if you abide in my word, then you are my disciples. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you now, let me ask you a question. Is the truth a set of principles? Is the truth a set of doctrines? Is the truth a set of rules? What is the truth? Say that again, man. The truth is Jesus. Jesus said it of himself. I am the way, 
the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And he even says, like, if you try to come in any other way into my Father's house, then you're a thief and a robber. So he says, you will know the truth, which is Jesus Christ, who he says he is. And because you know him and believe him, that belief that says you are who you say you are is what brings the freedom. Because Christianity is not about us. It's not about us being better people. It's about us believing that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. The thing that's going to shake this world is not a church that gets all dolled up. It's going to be a church that just steps out and says, I don't know. I just know that I was blind before and now I can see. That's all I know. I'm dumb. I don't know anything else. I don't have any other like 12-step programs to give you. And I'm not against these things after freedom. But freedom has to come first. And they were so offended at Jesus when he told them that. What do you mean free? We're free people. We're Abraham's ascent. Like they drop names. <laughs> you heard Abraham? Yeah, well, we're related to Abraham. <laughs> Anytime around baseball people, I'm like, oh, yeah, my cousin coaches. Yeah, he, yeah. you bring up name drop, right? You feel important. That's what they did. They're, oh, Abraham, the father of the faith? Yeah, he's our, he's our great, 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 great grandfather. And Jesus was not impressed. <laughs> he's like, we've never been in bondage to anyone. He's like, so how can you say we'll be free? And Jesus said to you, I say to you, whoever sins is a slave to sin. <laughs> and a slave does not abide in, the, abide in the house forever, but who does? A son does. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. See, there's only one person that can make us free, and it's the son of God. Now, if he makes you free... You will be free indeed, not free in space deeds. You will be free for sure. And they're like, <sighs> they're, they're getting so offended. I can just, I would have been that way. Like, you talking about free. He says, I know you're Abraham's descendants but you want to kill me because my word has no room in you. I speak what I have seen with my father and you do not, and you do what you have seen from your father. Uh oh, Jesus is about to drop it. And they said, well, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the things Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me. A man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God, Abraham did not do this. <laughs> you do the deeds of your father. And they said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, and that's God. And they're dropping bigger names. Like, oh, that name didn't work. Let's drop God's name, right? Yeah, we said it. God is our father. And he says, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from the father, from God. I didn't come from myself. He sent me. So why do you not understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? And he says, because you are not able to listen to my word. You're not able to. Why? 
because they had a different father. Y'all okay? Can we keep going? Like, this feels really good right now. We keep going for a little bit. Like, you are of your father, the devil. And Jesus dropped names. He's like, oh, yeah? I'll tell you, your daddy really is like the Mari Povich show. The DNA test results says Satan's your dad. (laughs) 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 Commercial break, sell some product, come back. There's a fight on stage. All right. (laughs) It's exactly what was going on here. Like, what are you talking about? Satan's our father. And he says, the desires of your father, they're the things that you want to do. He basically was saying, those things that you feel about me right now, they don't come from you. They come from your father. (laughs) So if you're really hung up on behavior, my behavior tells me who my father is. My behavior. As Jesus even said, if you don't believe who I am, at least believe the works that I do. Like, at least believe that the things I'm doing are like what God would do. At least believe that, because I'm only doing what I saw him do. And he's telling them, your father is the devil. And because he's your father, you want to do what he wants you to do. And those feelings that you feel to kill me are murder, and they're from him. He was a murderer from the beginning. See how he cut to to the point? He knew they wanted to kill him, and he announced that that feeling of wanting to crucify the Messiah came from the murderer, Satan, who wanted to murder from the beginning. He does not stand in the truth, Jesus says, because there is no truth in him. Say, there's no truth in him. Then he goes on, and he says, when he speaks, when the devil speaks, he speaks lies. He speaks from his own resources. Why are they lies? Because they did not come from the Father. Anytime we speak things that don't come from the Father, they are not true. And so he says he's a liar, and everything he says is a lie. He's a lying liar who lies. All he does is lie. He speaks from his own resources. In other words, he takes notice of everything going on out here, and then he processes it through his own will and his own desires, and then he declares what he thinks is right. And because he does it that way, it's a lie. But Jesus said, you will know the truth. The truth will make you free. Then he says he is a liar, and he's the father of lies. He's the source of lies. Everyone say that. Satan is the source of all lies. So here's what happened. I'm going to sum this up and we'll teach it correctly going forward. See, maybe. How many of us have believed the lie that salvation, healing, or freedom, or deliverance are a process? How many believe that we get free layer by layer by layer? Or how many believe we get whole or put back together or healthy 
a little at a time. Oh, I can only handle that so much right now. Not true. It's not true. We have disempowered the gospel to match our experiences. Because we say we're a new creation and then we do something stupid, we revert back to covering ourselves and feeling like there's something broken in us. And I'm not going to say that God doesn't care about the way we act because he absolutely cares about the way we act because we represent him. He does care. And because the actions that we, um, the, the actions that we have in our life have consequences. Are y'all still good? Yeah. Our actions affect other people, not just us. So it is important that we act like Jesus so that our impact on ourselves and others is the impact Jesus would have on us and others. But you're going to get it wrong sometimes. And just because you get it wrong doesn't mean you're not free. Now, it doesn't make any sense. It absolutely makes sense. See, I was going to try to stay on time. Absolutely makes sense. Because freedom is not about actions. Freedom is about staying close to him. And the reason I know that's true is because in the garden, when Adam and Eve sinned, what did they do? They hid. Now, I, I would love, and, and I heard Danny say this recently, so I'm stealing it from Danny. I would love to know what would have happened if in that moment they were like, oh my God, what have we done? And ran to him instead of from him. Like, man, the whole story would be completely different. It would, because I know that God had no interest in punishing them. The only reason he even kicked them out of the garden was so that they would not eat of the eternal tree of life in a fallen state. That was the only reason he put an angel with a sword of fire guarding the gate so that they didn't sneak back in and eat of a fruit that would permanently put them in that condition. He didn't punish them from the garden because he was so disgusted with them and he didn't want to have a relationship with them anymore. He banished them from the garden because they needed a remedy before they had eternal life. It was a father. It was a loving father that protected them from themselves. It also says that when they hid from God, then they fashioned things to put on themselves that also hid them. They're looking around like, oh, we're naked. Never knew this before. We've been this way forever. How come all of a sudden we know we're naked? And they're like, oh my goodness, this isn't good. That could be really funny. I'm not going to. I'm going to be good. This is not good. So they're like, uh, those leaves are really big and they look comfortable to wear. Let's make some, some fig leaves and make a dress and some clothes out of it. And so they did. And that started what you and I have been doing and what mankind has been doing from the beginning. We mess up, we hide from God, and we put on robes and clothes to hide our nakedness. 
instead of running to God and saying, yes, I'm naked. Here I am. Instead of that, we hide and we cover. And here's the twist that happens in church. The new leaves that we put on and the new clothes we fashion for ourselves looks righteous. And it looks holy. And it feels right. But it's not. Because we, through our own resources, fashioned it. Are you with me? Why do I know that that's a really important part of the story? Because in just a few verses later, after all this happens, in verse 21, I think it's verse 21, pretty sure. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think verse 21, where it says that God took skins from an animal and he fashioned them clothes. See, even their covering up wasn't sufficient. So God said, here, I'll put something better on you because my righteousness will clothe you, but your righteousness is filthy rags. You thought, oh, how many when, when you were a kid, you made a really bad mess and trying to cover up the mess so that no one ever found out made a way worse mess, which if you would have just told about the mess, it would have been kind of bad, but at least you would have survived it, right? But the cover up made it so much worse. Anyone ever done that? Like David sleeps with Bathsheba and okay, Hey, I'm late. I'm pregnant, and it's your son. Oh, oh no, we're in trouble now. And the cleanup became so much messier. That's what we do. And so whenever we have the belief, and I'm going to quit here, I believe. <laughs> Sorry. Whenever we have the belief that it's a process to freedom, you know what we're really saying? We're really revealing what we believe. And we believe that we have to deconstruct all the layers of things we've put on ourselves to hide before we're actually okay. You hear me? That's what we think we're doing. Well, I'm going to counsel my way through. I'm going to discipline my way through this addiction. I'm going to break the chains. I'm going to be a better person. I'm, I'm going to do things and, and fight strong. I'm going to read self-help. I'm going to self-help, self-preserve. I'm going to do this. And it'll be layer upon layer. And if I mess up, I'll be like, well, that's okay, because that just means there's another layer. A layer I built, not God. A layer I think I want to remove in my time, but God says, no, just let it all off. Take it all off and let's be done with it once and for all. And then I will cover you. If you feel naked, I will cover you. Is everyone okay? This thinking is what has trapped the church in a powerless gospel. It's like in this loop. It's because we say darkness to light. Then we come to Jesus and we're like, well, I'm a new creation. I'll never sin again. We sin. We do something really stupid and we're like, oh, no, I've got to hide and cover what I did so that all these other holy people don't know who I really am. And in all of that, we build layer upon layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. And this is what Jesus was talking about when he says, are you tired of religion? Are you worn out? Are you weary and heavy laden? He says, come to me. I will give you rest. And then he said, I will not put anything that's ill-fitting on you. 
Like all this stuff that we're carrying around that we think we're processing through is not made for us. And we will never process our way through it. The only solution is to run back to the Father and say, yes, I'm naked, but I surrender to you. Whatever you think is best for me, I say yes to it. Whatever you want to hide me in, okay. So fire life. No more powerless gospel. No more, well, one day I'll be free from this thing. No, today is the day because Jesus did it at the cross. Like we would all say we believe that, right? How many would say Jesus paid for all of it at the cross? What else should Jesus have to do? He did it all. And we say that with such conviction and then we don't practice it. Why? Because we've believed a lie. We've believed a lie. And that lie is, I can take care of myself. I can protect myself. I can judge myself. I can hold myself accountable. I mean, that works out really great, doesn't it? No, because we were made for community. We were made for relationship with God and with man. And you'll see as we go through this, this teaching over the next few weeks that when this is broken, it affects this. But I can't try to solve this without solving this first. And that comes through surrender and humility. And then when I do that right, he teaches me how to do this right. I'm a new creation. I need to practice new things. And the practicing of new things is not doing the old things I used to do, which was hide and cover, hide and cover. I'm telling you, we get so good at it in church. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Jesus is good. Glory, hallelujah. I did, Medea up in the house. <laughs> right? And we're like, well, I don't, I don't want to bum everyone out. <laughs> well, don't bum everyone out. But tell someone what's going on. You shall know the truth. The truth will make you free. How many want to be free? Some people are afraid of freedom. I don't know if I can handle the freedom to do whatever I want to do. Yeah, you can handle it because you're not doing this alone. Why don't you stand? Mark chapter 8, verse 34, 35, and 36, 37 as well. It says, when he called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, he must deny himself. Everybody say, deny himself. Take up his cross and follow. And then he says this. For whoever desires to save or preserve his own life will lose it. 
You feel out of control because you're trying to save your own life. I'm trying to save my own life. When I feel out of control, it's because I'm trying to save myself and preserve myself. But he said, but whoever loses his life for the sake of Christ will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? Or what would you give in exchange for your soul? you close your eyes. Father, we just come to you now, and we want you to untie the lies we've believed about you. I know, God, that once the lie is undone, all the ill-fitting clothing that we've put on to cover and conceal will fall off. All the layers that we see ourselves having to work through will disappear, and yes, we will be naked, but at least you can clothe us. So, Father, I ask that you would come now And literally, with scissors, just cut the lies we've believed. We break agreement with the father of lies. We believe you are who you say that you are. That you came to bring us freedom. For us to walk in freedom. To be people of liberty. God, today I ask that your Holy Spirit would come and breathe life into us again. Breathe freedom into this house, into every person here, everyone listening to the podcast, that we we would become fast, free people. For whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Come on, say that with me. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Just keep your eyes closed. Do you believe that Jesus is who he says he is? Do you really believe that? (sighs) Then that's where freedom comes in. You're like, well, I don't feel free. Be free in Jesus' name. Live with the awareness of who he is, and you will walk in freedom. Did Jesus one time ever try to preserve his own life? No, he gave his life. Father, we want to be like you. So I'm going to pray a couple of things. Father, I pray that anyone here with an addiction of any kind will be free in Jesus' name. I mean completely set free, never the same again. Father, I pray anyone here with a health issue would be completely well in Jesus' name.
Father, anyone here that have had family issues and dysfunction in home in the home, that you would make their home a place of peace and whole in Jesus' name. Father, anyone here who runs from intimacy would stop running. Who runs from friendship would stop running. Anyone here, God, who has felt cursed, I don't know why that came to my mind, but it did. You just feel like, man, everything in my life is cursed. Maybe you even said that this week. Like, man, everything just sucks and everything. It's like I'm cursed. You are not cursed in Jesus' name. And what the enemy meant for harm, God will turn into good. Because he causes all things to work for the good of them that love him and are called to his purposes. You are not cursed. And anything else I forgot or didn't think of, God. <laughs> we ask you, come on, if you have something, ask him for it now. Just put your hand on your heart. You, you know that thing that, you, you, that came to your mind today. God, we want freedom in that area. Why don't you just pray over your neighbor? You will know the truth, and the truth has made you free. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> free in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Freedom. Come on. From darkness to light. That's so good. Trippy because I, I had a picture in my mind of walking through barriers and just snipping right through them. Then you said the word, you're cutting right through. You're like, oh, scissors. <laughs> like, I'm aware. I'm awake now. Okay. That wasn't sleeping. But, uh, but, uh, I don't know, just, just even before, during worship, the Lord was, it was just, just speaking forth like, like, I'm attainable. Not because of what you do, because I offer it freely. <laughs> like, I'm, I, you, can, I, you have access, access granted. <laughs> um, I, the, the, 
Okay, y'all know me as a picture guy, but the, the picture that popped in my head was John F. Kennedy sitting behind the Resolute desk in the Oval Office. And then, I don't know if you've ever seen this picture, but there's, it has a little trap door on the back of it, or, or front of it, I guess. And his little son is right there, just hanging out, just being a little kid uh, in the president's um, desk. And he has access to the father. My little girl, uh, uh, when she was in here this morning, like this morning just crawls in my lap. She's like, Dad, I want to cuddle. I like, okay. She just wants to just jump in my lap. And she has complete and total access to do that with the Lord. And I want to speak that to you guys, access granted, <laughs> access granted, like live free, just be not, not, I don't, you don't, you don't see a, I don't know, I'm like, you don't see JFK, like, you know, other kid, you know, you know, uh, at the corner or corner of the Oval Office, sorry, excuse me, at the, the back of the Oval Office, um, you know, playing like a board game, like, oh, I got to the next level. I'm so close to dad. No, you see the little boy just enjoying the father, just enjoying the father. So be the child of God because you are. Be it. Just, I just release that in Jesus' name. Lord, I release, Lord, living free, being free, the truth. Lord, I release the truth. Jesus, like just, uh, you know, bless all the peacemakers where they will be sons of God. Um, and so, Lord, I release the knowledge of Jesus Christ the gospel, the good news right now in Jesus' name. And for those of us who never decided to do that, Lord, I pray that you give us the courage and the faith to step forward and do that right now. Uh, altar ministry, if y'all want to come on up. Guys, if y'all want prayer, if this spoke to your heart, come on up, get some prayer. Um, if you just want prayer for anything, um, God, huh, this is a cool, amazing, like unique church. God does stuff. He shows up. He shows up all the time. And so if you need prayer, guys, come on, get prayer. We love you. Um, and, um, um, uh, yeah, we just bless you guys. And, um, if, yeah, we'll see you. Have a, have a wonderful week, and we, um, we'll see you again. Peace,